Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, MVP and Bobby Lashley are the number one contenders for the WWE Tag Team Division. Can Nikki <laughs> Ash and Rhea Ripley actually coexist? We also have... Uh, some hot, some hot <laughs> drama between Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. This is Band from Ringside. Just joking. Uh, tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we have uh, Brian Danielson and Adam Cole in All Out, which really might have been the best pay per view that we have seen in a decade. A decade. I don't think that's overstepping it. Uh, we also have AEW Dynamite. We also have NJPW Grand Slam Night 1 and Night 2. The G1 the G one blocks get announced to that. And a whole bunch more tonight on the Bam Inside Podcast. You lucky I like you. You lucky I need you. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd come across this table and beat your narrow ass. <laughs> it's that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks. Welcome to the Band for Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagie, a.k.a. The Small Package. <laughs> and sitting right across from me, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? Oh, shit. That's great. Allow us to bow our heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band for Ringside podcast, volume 222 chapter 3 verse 14 and the good smart say it hashtag boo the heels it is all good baby listen share subscribe repeat the whole holy train of bfr um i don't know what's going i don't know what bfr west is going to say that be two beer zach Pullman. i'll just say this i said it on sunday i'll reiterate it again tonight it was the pay-per-view of the year so far. We're going to break it down and go over the whole damn thing. I'm not going to go into any more hyperbole than that. I'm going to have to reel your boy in from the hyperbole portion of the program. Or as JR would say, hyperbole. And out there in Portland, Oregon, we have our friend to the West, our strange cousin to the West. We have Two Beers, Zach Bowman. What's going on, Two Beer? Oh, and I must, that's my favorite AKA of all time, uh, especially because, you know, how big of a fan I am of dick jokes. So, <laughs> really just easily entertained. Uh, yeah. I think we should jump right into it. Not a whole lot of talk talk about. We're coming at you from the gorgeous South St. Louis, South City, St. Louis. It is nice out. How is it out there in Portland, Zach? Uh, it's beautiful. Uh, it's a little warmer than you would think uh, for September currently, but I think it's going to take a swing uh, later on this week and get back into like 60s and 70s, so that'll be cool. Uh, if you're a regular listen- listener of the podcast, you know that you can hit me up for beard products, beard and hair products. My wife makes them. They are inexpensive, and we ship them all over the world. But guys, I have been chomping at the bit. Let's get into that three count. JCB, what's the one count? We're just, like you said, we're just going to jump into it. I know we usually do it chronologically, but this time around, as the one count, one count is usually the most important, or that's what we started with is the most important uh, subject of the week since we've been gone. And obviously, the biggest story of the week has been all out. Um, I know that Bill said this was the best 
pay-per-view in the last decade. I'll let you guys decide that. I said it was the best pay-per-view of the year. I don't think it's even close, but obviously we have a few more months to go before we cast that vote. Um, To me, (laughs) the biggest takeaway from All Out has to be the, the surprise entrance um suzuki after the moxley match um daniel daniel bryanson was supposed to be there quote unquote adam cole i thought was the bigger surprise and i thought even on top of that them being together coming out on the same night i thought was even more of a surprise i wasn't sure if that they were going to do that or not my guess was no but I almost wish they didn't because I just kind of wanted to let one or the other breathe and then let the other one come in after the fact. It's not the biggest, you know, deal breaker by any stretch of the imagination. But like I said, for me, the surprises were the biggest takeaway from All Out. Yeah, Zach, what do you think? I know you were watching it live and you were probably the... Were you watching it live, Jason? No. Uh, So Zach was the only one watching it live out of the three of us. Zach, what... Explain your night to us, please. I mean, because I, I wish I had I'm seen sorry. it live. And I'm sorry. I'm I, sure I was kind of living vicariously through you. I'm surprised uh, you're alive. <laughs> I, got, I got the new baby, and we had like friends and cousins over, and it was like I, I couldn't, I couldn't have AEW on. I, that's not the way I want to watch it, and that's not the way they want. They, you it know, was best I mean. that you weren't watching. Yeah, because <laughs> you'd have been like, "What, <laughs> Zach? Let's let's live vicariously through you, please." Yeah, uh, I invited my brother-in-law over for dinner because my sister-in-law was out of town. And I was like, uh, yeah, you can come over and eat with us. I was like, I'm going to be watching All Out, though. (laughs) What'd you say? Here's the precursor. I'm not going to pay any attention to you. I know I've talked to Evan about this, but what is Evan's level of, uh, well, what does he think about pro wrestling, I guess? Uh, I mean, he enjoyed it. Like he, he's like uh, not necessarily. Uh, he doesn't watch it. He used to watch MMA because he used to actually like train MMA, like jujitsu and stuff. But um, we did. I was watching all the early stuff while they kind of got dinner ready, and then after dinner, we sat down like as a family uh, and watched the. It was like perfect timing. The Young Bucks and the Pentagon Phoenix match, oh, which Jesus was Christ. the match of the night. So. They, everybody enjoyed that match of the like, year. Oh my god! Yeah, Jesus yeah, match Christ. of the year. Come on, come on, dude! I, I mean, watched it twice. It fucking rules, man! It ruled so good. Good lord! See, this is why. This is why I said to Tinder earlier tonight or earlier today. He was like, you know, good luck on the pod. I was like, thanks, man. You know, I'm gonna have to kind of reel these jokers in because I know it's just gonna be a lot of this is the greatest. This is the greatest. You know, just everybody. Just relax, okay? okay. All right. It's okay. Jesus okay. Christ. Well, I tell you what, my wife just texted me from the other room. I guess I'm talking too loud. She says, "Don't lie. I didn't enjoy it." <laughs> <laughs> Cold blooded. <laughs> she was uh, pretty upset about the blood. Uh, she didn't like the blood. So, and she thinks wrestling's stupid anyway. Uh, I'm sure she thought the young bucks looked stupid because they did look stupid. I'm gonna put a mar- I'm gonna right put now. a marker right here because I I watched this with my wife also today, who is Zach's wife's cousin, and she had a very similar reaction. But go ahead, Zach. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, overall, as far as like the show went, it was awesome. It was super cool to watch it live. I mean, I bought it on fight. And it was a pretty much flawless experience as far as like a viewing experience. 
And I'm really glad I did. I went and bought like a bunch of like nerdy beers and stuff. And I was just like settled down for the evening and it totally delivered. I mean, it was one of the greatest pay-per-views I've ever seen. It's definitely, I mean, recency bias, but for right now, it's like the best pay-per-view that I've watched like as an adult uh, for me that I've like purchased at home and watched as an adult. And it was just uh, a fantastic, like, kind of community experience on like the friends of BFR uh, group on Facebook and also just on Twitter. So many people engaging, like having such a good time and the surprises were super cool. I mean, whenever Adam Cole came out, I was like over the moon and then I was typing on friends of BFR. I'm like, Oh, I smell another surprise coming. I'm like, they're not going to send like the fans home, you know, with a, with a heel turn. And Danielson comes out, and I just jumped out of my seat and unironically yelled, "Yes, yes!" Like I wasn't even thinking of like the gimmick. I wasn't. I wasn't doing the yes chant. I was just so stoked. Uh, whatever I heard, Flight of the Valkyries start, and it was uh, really just a triumph of a wrestling show. Uh, it, it it was super cool. Like I'm. I'm. It's something that I think I'll remember for a long time. Uh, I. I, I watched parts of it throughout the week. Today was the first time I watched it all the way through. Like, for instance, today was the first time that I watched uh, Eddie Kingston versus Miro. Ooh, Jesus Christ. Listen, by the end of Sunday night, after I saw that Zach said, I think Zach's exact tweet was, that was the best motherfucking pay-per-view that a motherfucking wrestling promotion could motherfucking put on or something like that. It was something to that extent. I was like, ah, God, now I have to see what happened because I knew that either Adam Cole, baby, or Brian Danielson came out to see that they swerved the swerve. Um is really fun and there are times to space shit like that out and then there are times to just lay your fucking dick on the table right just be like hey you know what we got the momentum with the CM Punk thing that happened a few weeks ago and now that everybody's watching we're gonna lay this shit out and it really carried over into Wednesday night no I, I yeah, would be lying like if sometimes I said, you, go ahead sometimes you need a riff just real quick, sometimes you need a refractory period after the orgasm, and sometimes it's great whenever you nut and she still keeps sucking. So, I was just going <laughs> to say that I was looking forward to Dynamite on Wednesday. Go tell, ahead. Tell us what your wife texts you after after hearing that from the next room. Um, it, it's, pretty, it's pretty crazy, though, and I don't want to use this time to say how right I was. I'm just saying it's pretty crazy that CM Punk is kind of the third third or fourth talking point of the night. It's it's Daniel Bryan's in one. It's Adam Cole, two. And the, the tag match, which was incredible. And can't discount Ruby Soho. That was cool, even though it was kind of expected. Can't but. discount Ruby Soho, but it happened in the middle of what is more or less like kind of a... I, I won't call it a popcorn match, but it's it's not the same as in the in the uh, in the main event slot. Or... Yeah, like I tweeted, I tweeted, I was like, this is like not the most interesting match on the show, and it's not because it's the women's match; it's because it's a battle royal. Like battle royals just exactly. kind of suck. Yes, exactly. Couldn't have said it better. I think they did that kind of on on purpose, looking 
at the card itself. It's that women's battle royal is sandwiched in between the Lucha Brothers and MJF versus Jericho. You're going to have you couldn't put those two matches back to back. So if we're going to talk about, you know, the slotting of the card, because that's what I think kind of makes this card kind of flow really well. That's a good place that I can think of for it to be. If you don't give a shit, this is your time to go get, you know, your concessions, bathroom, all that other good shit. But if you're invested, it's still a step down from what was the Lucha Brothers versus the Bucks, which was basically a, a bloodbath at the end. Jesus, we, I can't wait to break this whole thing down. Um, well, let's let's break it down right now. Let's break down. Let's go with Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks, which. Uh, break it down. <laughs> you stupid. They haven't had a a 2-1-2 match. They haven't had a one-on-one match in a while. They did it in a cage. I can't think of a whole lot of cage tag matches except for Hell in a Cell with the New Day versus the Usos, which is also fucking... That was really good. That was really good. This makes that look like... uh, I don't know. I'll say this. No, I, it was, it I, was, I'm trying not to be. It was, I don't want to be def- it, was, it was on a different level. Both are good. If one was an A, the other's an A plus. If one was a B minus, the other is a B at least. I, I'm and, telling you, know, you, it's it, one step above. If if the Bucks and Lucha Brothers are an A, then the Usos versus the a, New Day a- was a. No, like a B minus. I mean, no, the, no, the dude. See, you guys. Let, no, no, no. This is not hyperbole. And no, this, this is recent recency bias. This is not recency nah, bias. That was one of the best best cage matches I've ever seen, and one of the best tag matches. I've ever you, seen I mean, separately. I mean, you can talk. It was twenty two, twenty three minutes, and you can talk about how you might not like choreography in your matches or anything, but they told a story throughout the entire thing. No question. You're not going to get an argument me, uh, and, from me about and, this match. I'm also, for I'm also not going to call the spot fest because that. Uh, now, now, listen, there were there, there was lots of spots. <laughs> I was about to say, uh, but, but, but a spot fest to me implies that there is no story. That it's just a bunch of guys going out there doing spots, and there is no there is no bad blood between the two teams. What the Young Bucks and the Luch Brothers did was kind of a combination of the two. It was a spot fest and a story told match, and the ending made sense. Go ahead, Two Beard. Defend the greatest tag team of all time, and I'm using that as air quotes. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, it is hard to build psychology into a tornado tag match because uh, you can't build heat. You can't generate heat for a hot tag, right? Because that's kind of like tag team wrestling 101. Generate heat for a hot tag. Both teams do it really well. Uh, I mean, Bucks haven't done a hot tag in a while because they're heels, but it's just, it's harder. But they did build into the story. They really on, only introduced one gimmick, and it was a really fun gimmick that I'd never seen. And it was very uh, apropos of the Young Bucks to have the, the thumbtacks on the Jordans. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And yeah, I mean, there was a lot of spots. Uh, I, I agree with Bill. I wouldn't call it a spot fest, even though there were a lot of spots. It was just a really thoughtful. Even though it was all spots, really. I mean, it was all spots, yeah. but it fucking ruled. Like, even when they're in the middle of the ring and they're lined up, I'll tell you what, what, what I really liked was when 
Matt Jackson and Pentagon stared at each other on the other side. I know. I know which one it is now. <laughs> <laughs> they were on the other side. Yeah. They the were on my face. I was like, what? Is he getting ready to get this right? <laughs> they were on the other side of the ropes and they looked at each other and they were like, yeah, we'll both package pile driver, your brother. Let's each pack package pile driver, your brother. Get in the ring. Now what? Now what? <laughs> I fucking. It, it was so entertaining. Uh, my wife described it as sadistic Cirque de Soleil, which is is not a, a terrible, yeah. not a terrible description. <laughs> Dude, I tell you what, I love, and I really had to. It was fun, it was funny trying to explain it. Uh, the really fun super kick circle spot uh, where you know they're you're kind of waiting for them to all go down, and that's that's what you're expecting because. You know, they're going to super kick in circles and they're they're leaning back and forth and then eventually they're all going to go down and the fans are going to chant, this is awesome, right? That's the expectation. Well, like, they completely subverted expectations and Ray Phoenix does, he's already down and he just does that super kick and or the he does a kip up to the super kick. They all did the kip ups, yeah. It was just, and then I was like trying to like academically explain to the group that I was with, which is my family. I know. And I was just like, why, why I was so excited about that? Because like, as a wrestling fan, there are tropes and you kind of, you get these tropes ingrained so that you have these expectations. So my reaction to that was so over the top and I was having so much fun with it at that point. Uh, That was the point of the match that was like the most fun for me uh, because whenever you kind of analyze the match and, and look at it uh, kind of from what you're expecting, they just, they are so smart. And they just give you what you don't even realize that you wanted. You have to, yeah. You have to give the crowd what they expect, but or you have to give the crowd what they want, but not what they expect. No, uh, I agree. Uh, I'll just say this real quick: when um, Bo and I were watching this match, we both agreed that this match wouldn't start until somebody physically climbed the cage. Even. Even before that, I think I can't remember what spot it was. I think uh, the Mooch's brothers did a, a double team move on Matt, and I thought that was going to be the end of the match. And Bo kind of hit me. He was like, dude, what are you doing? This Nobody has climbed the fucking cage. I was like, dude, you're right. You're right. And like two minutes later, that's when you see Penta point up to the top of the cage and Phoenix goes up. I'm like, shit, here we go. And that's to me was the the moment. They didn't do too much of it, which was a good thing. Number one, I didn't want to see too much shit off the top of the cage. And when they did it, it was simple. Here's a nice little dive off the top of the cage. Make sure you catch me. That sets up the ultimate pin and everybody goes fucking crazy. That was the simple part of the whole, you know, sadistic circus away. So stick with it, uh, Jason. What you think about Kingston Miro? Really good opener just for the fact that Eddie Kingston was one of the one of the guys that had a lot of momentum coming into uh, All Out. You know, redeem these nuts is, you know, as juvenile as it may sound, I'm sorry, that will never not be funny to me. I giggle about that every time I hear it, and I think about getting that fucking T-shirt. That motherfucker was a banger off the jump where you had Miro actually looking a little susceptible to whatever you want to call it, whether it's Eddie Kingston chops or attacks to the head. That was the story for me with Kingston versus Miro. And it kind of almost sounds like, especially with the, the one thing I didn't like about this match, now that I'm thinking about it, is the 
the end of the match where the referee jumps in front of the exposed turnbuckle and stops Eddie Kingston from throwing Miro into the turnbuckle. Okay, you can try to make logic of this all you want to. I'm sorry. He sh- the referee shouldn't be jumping in the middle of shit. If he if it happens, then you know disqualify him. You know harshly, you know criticize him, whatever you want to call it. But you got to let that thing happen. That ultimately sets up the finish, and that's my biggest problem with that. That and like the turnbuckle spot, like a couple minutes beforehand. Well, those two things. Here's, didn't make the, sense. here's the thing about the turnbuckle, though, is that I don't know if it was an accident or not, but the turnbuckle got ripped off. Now, if the turnbuckle got ripped off on accident and then all three guys in the middle of the ring, Kingston, Miro, and the ref, all decide to make it a part of the story, that's incredible. If they made it look like it was an accident that the turnbuckle got ripped off, that's less incredible, but also really smart. And that is not something that I've ever seen in any wrestling match ever, where the turnbuckle happen. gets ripped off accidentally and then they make a part of it. If it's if it's done accidentally, either way, it it worked me to the point where I was like, okay, fuck this shit, that's bullshit. Zach, what'd you think? Uh, I really liked the match. It was a a great curtain jerker, as Jason said. I especially love that even though Eddie lost, they gave him a visual pinfall, and the crowd was so hot. And the crowd was so hot whenever. Uh, he, you know, Bryce Rimsburg kind of screwed him out of the, you fucked the up. title. You fucked yeah. up. <laughs> well, now that was after the uh, the turnbuckle spot when he was like trying to fix the turnbuckle. And that's when I'm like, yep. okay, why are you trying to fix the turnbuckle? Is Eddie a bigger babyface than Darby Allen? I think Ooh. it's different. I think Darby's like, I think Darby has like more drawing power. He's got like kind of like more like star power, but as far as like a, a a fan reaction, if that makes sense, uh, like a like kind of like a visceral reaction. I think I think Kingston gets more of a visceral, rea- visceral love, reaction. People love Kingston. Uh, Kojima versus John Moxley was next, and it was a fun match. Probably everything that you wanted. Uh, John Moxley giving him the finger when Kojima tried to shake his hand at the beginning is damn Americans. Uh, Moxley knows his character, man. Uh, <laughs> but Suzuki comes out. Suzuki comes out. Jesus Christ. This is uh, a, another one of those things that I wish that I wouldn't have known before I watched it. I didn't know, and I'm, I marked the fuck out. What, you, what was your reaction in the room, Zach? Oh, man, my brother-in-law and my wife were just like what is going on because as soon as i saw like <laughs> the, king, the king i'm like oh yeah. shit both hit me i'm like dude this is yeah, happening it's, it's only it, the second match if the super kick spot was hard to explain uh everybody going crazy for Minoru suzuki and then seeing the kazi nanari or whatever when he comes out what what is it? what yeah. is it zach Kaze Ninare, and okay. I had to like I did explain that to them because I was like, man, I'm so jealous of everybody in Chicago because I, yeah. I, I of course did it. I did it here at home because I'm a total nerd. But I told them <laughs> I was like, on my bucket list is to yell Kaze Ninare uh, in a crowded, you know, Dude, arena full of fans. You know where you could people- do that at? At Glory Pro on August, or sorry October the third, you just got to fly back and then meet me at the uh, South Broadway. I know Suzuki's I'm going. super jealous. <laughs> I've got I'm I've got so a festival going. 
I got a festival the day before, and my my son's birthday is like two days after that. So there's no way otherwise. I, I I'll really take a picture with Zuka. Don't worry about it. I'll say this though: if you were watching that show and you're maybe a convert to AEW or maybe not some middle aged fucking smart like us, and you didn't know who Minoru Suzuki was, and he came out, you would immediately thought, "Oh, this guy's a big deal." Oh, 100%, because everybody there knew him. And, you know, even, like, Kojima got a good reaction, but it wasn't a Suzuki reaction. No. And I think a lot of people slept on that Kojima match because it mm-hmm. wasn't, like, say, a Suzuki match, but it was awesome. And I love that Moxley and Suzuki got right down to their language because both of their languages are violent. And Pretty they much. got right down to violence. I was like, Suzuki's taking his shit off. I was like, no, they are not getting ready to do this shit right now. Yeah, they're getting ready to do it. Yeah, they're getting ready to do it. I'm like, it's the second match. Moxley's already bleeding. He's got his own blood all over Suzuki. Yeah. Um, I, I, I will save my complaining for our Dynamite like discussion. Me too. Uh, but they really fucked it up with this. Yes. Uh, but it is kind of interesting that Moxley has you know, worked his way into this slot on the card that not that's, I guess you could call it mid-card or upper mid-card, but he's almost like part of the American welcoming the Japanese hey, yeah, the wrestlers. Wagon. It's, it's, that, it's that card, you know? Like, it's still... He's the g- guardian of the forbidden door. Like, two weeks ago when he was like, you know, I called, you know, the New Japan guys out and nobody's come through this door. Nobody's come through this door. Now you've got Kojima and Suzuki come through the door where you, they've had to meet Moxley. My guess is that's going to be his spot here for a little bit until he's ready to kind of go back into the main sure. event scene. I mean, there's not, there's, so, enough yeah. main, there's enough main eventers now. It's awesome, and yeah, there's enough main eventers, and it keeps him logically away from the title, because otherwise, like, he got screwed out of that title. Like, right, I mean, right. Omega, like, you know, that was a, it was a dirty finish, and he should be pissed, uh, but he's got, like, other shit. And, you know, he's got a baby. He's got, you know, storyline and real-life reasons why he can't be the top guy carrying this brand. So so we got Britt Baker uh, goes over Chris Statlander next. It's not like exceeded expectations. I... We don't have to like go in depth or anything, but I really liked the match. I thought it was I thought it was good. The re the reason why I like this match is because it was for two reasons really. Uh, and I'll just give both women flowers. Uh, Chris Statlander was obviously built up to this spot to where she was built to unfortunately, you know, eat the pin. But in in so in doing so, I thought that she really looked good, especially towards the end of the match and like power moves where she had to like physically, you know, move Brit around, throw Brit around, things like that. The second thing, well, actually now it's going to be three things. Uh, Orange Cassidy kind of breaking character. That was the one. That was another thing that I didn't expect to see. I mean, you saw little bits and pieces of it when he was kind of talking to the referee here or there, you know, complaining about, you know, you know, Brits, you know, choking uh, Chris Statlander on the ropes, you know, little stuff like that stuff that you would normally see when he took off his glasses and, you know, really was and you know pleading to Chris Statlander to get back into the ring that was you know obviously a big moment and then obviously number three which was probably the the tease that nobody realized until two or three hours later is when 
uh, Britt Baker did the Pittsburgh Sunrise, and I'm using that in quotation marks. And then that's basically the led to the finish of the match. That should have been the cue that Adam Cole Bebe was at, at the very least in the building, if not going to make an appearance. Yeah, I thought this match was perfect for where it was in the card. Um, I lo- obviously I didn't think they were going to take it off of Britt Baker. Uh, I'll save more. I'll save more about the Britt Baker. Tony Schiavone thing for when we talk about AEW Dynamite <laughs> because I loved it so much. I, I, Back listen, off my woman. Listen, I, we could talk about this pay-per-view for two hours, but uh, if it feels like I'm flying through it, it's just because I'm keep trying, to, I'm no, trying keep to keep the moving. podcast keep under six hours. Keep it moving. Uh, we had... We already talked about the tag match, and then we had the Battle Royal, which we've already talked about. Um, then we I had, will say real quick, yeah. one of my favorite parts of the entire pay-per-view, uh, I didn't notice it live, but uh, Excalibur tweeted out a GIF, um, and I watched it over and over because it just made my heart so full. Uh, whenever Ruby Soho eliminated Thunder Rosa and she just looks over and says, Hi, Bryce, and just hugs like, this friend of hers because Bryce Remsburg's former wrestler and he's been around, you know, they'd be seen forever before he was an AEW ref. And it was just like so heartwarming. Like she just looks over and you can tell she's just ecstatic to be where she is. And I had the goddamn Ruby Soho song in my head for five full days after that random in my head. <laughs> <Coming from laughs> that <river. laughs> I'll say this. I'll kind of piggyback on that a little bit. That was a nice little moment, even though, you know, it kind of breaks kayfabe a little bit. doesn't necessarily matter. Um, The bigger picture to me is you can kind of see where the talent is with the women's division. They just have to kind of figure out a a direction. Sheeta not being on Dynamite is kind of an issue for me personally, especially when she carried this division through the pandemic and didn't have a lot of contenders running around her. Now you do. So I would like to see a little more of a cohesive movement direction going forward. The talent is there. You just got to have to start utilizing this talent a little better. Jericho MJF. All three of us picked MJF. All three of us were wrong. Jericho wins. Not initially. He was screwed. MJF was screwed, yes. MJF screwed MJF. No, fuck all that. <laughs> Referee's decision is final, goddammit. Uh, I, I enjoyed this match for what it was. It was not... I mean, this, this just speaks to how stacked of a card this was. Is that nobody is even talking about this match. No, I, I was going to say... I, it was good. It was good, but the two biggest things, obviously the biggest thing to me personally, you, you, I know what you did on Wednesday, but you didn't have to do this. Baron Corbin beat Kurt Angle for Christ's sake, okay? We don't even talk about that anymore because it's not even the yeah, issue. Yeah, Kurt w, Angle okay. had nothing else. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Jericho's not, Jericho doesn't have much left, or he doesn't need to do much. Well, At this point, Jericho is a made man in AEW. Sure. He's got a lot left in the tank, though, as he long as he's not trying to fight 12-minute matches. Look. That's my opinion. Look. Here was the way I've been you wrong could before, do two things wrong at one time. You're wrong at this point. One, you really solidify MJF as the top heel. I know what you did on Wednesday. Cool. But that was damage control. 
Are, you could have really just and just left it at that where the referee's every, decision would have been final and just had that heat. Please, that was the way to man, go. That crowd popped what, uh, so hard, dude. And that crowd was. I mean, we should give the crowd some credit. The crowd, oh, yeah. It was the ebb and flow of the match where now everybody's like, oh, shit, oh, shit, Jericho's done. And then the referee comes down. It's like, ah, Chicago was great. Two beer, what you think? Yeah, I mean, Chicago was great. Uh, I'll talk a little bit more about them here in a minute. But um, I really, I mean, they were they were good, but nobody in the building really expected Jericho to lose. And people didn't really get into this match until – the match was restarted and then they were super into it. So yeah, exactly. Like when they came back, the, the, the crowd was super into it. Uh, congratulations to Chris Jericho. That's a real feather in your cap for your career. Um, we'll get the, <laughs> we'll get the AW later. Uh, dynamite, I should say, uh, punk versus Darby. I'll go first. Uh, <coughs> I, I, I knew what happened. I went back and watched it for the first time today. The whole match. I'd, the finishing sequence of this match, the last five minutes of the match, was about as perfect as it could have been. Uh, it was very good. Like, very, very good. It was very methodical at the beginning. And I, you know, as my wife is breastfeeding and looking at her phone in the chair next to me, I'm watching and I'm like... You know, there's no way this match could have lived up to the hype of CM Punk's first match. This crowd, the crowd was doing their best. The crowd was chanting CM Punk, welcome back, blah, blah, blah. As long as they don't chant, you deserve it. I'm fine with it. <laughs> I hate I hate that you deserve a chant, as everybody, the loyal listeners know. Um, the final five minutes of this match were spectacular. Like, <laughs> like, better than I really expected it to be. And... All of a sudden, I with about two minutes left, as I look back on it, I had forgotten how good CM Punk is at the end of a match. No, he really, like, his his demeanor during a match, is it's not over the top. It's not too cocky. It's just smug as fuck. And as a baby face, it's not just smug as fuck. It's like smug as fuck, but man, I I respect this guy. But when he did the Undertaker sit-up when Darby Allen went for the coffin drop, I popped. Hell yeah. And I knew knew who was winning this match. What did you think about the match overall, Jason? I didn't know who won the match. Um, I stayed off Twitter. I was uh, at a at the bar watching uh, Florida State cough up. I shouldn't say cough up, but just blow the overtime lead against Notre Dame. So I, I purposely stayed away from it. Um, I thought I thought this was what I expected this match to be. Punk to kind of grind this thing out for like 20, 25 minutes, give or take. You would have these spots where Darby would get his offense in. When he kind of trolled the crowd in CM Punk, I thought that was really good. It was that little moment of... Oh, when Darby almost got put in the go-to-sleep sleep. and he just slid out of the ring? No, there was. A, I think there was a spot afterwards where... Um, oh, what did he do? That what part where he just slides out of the ring when he almost got go-to-sleep? That was early. That was a New Japan spot. Yeah. He was like, oh, 
like it was a it was a smart move by a wrestler that knew he was about to be overtaken. That's what I want when I'm watching pro wrestling. I loved that so much when he he almost got GTS'd and he was like, you know what? I'm gonna take a minute. Do a lap. Get your I shit together. I love that so fucking much. When Darby did the go to sleep motion and he was getting ready to go off for the coffin drop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, nice. You know, that was the little shit that I like in matches where it's a it's a slight character twist because the match is getting that intense or the screws are getting that yeah, tight. because Darby Allen, kayfabe style, kayfabe is style. like, fuck this dude. I'm going to make fun of him. I'm right. going to do the good to sleep. The, you know? the pre-match vignette with the, uh, the body bag or whatever. Didn't get gr- it, though. Didn't get it. Didn't make any sense to me. Uh, two beer, defend your boy on the vignette. When no, a uh, two beer. <laughs> this does not always have to be two beer defending Darby Allen to me. I don't need Darby Allen defending me. I get it and everything. Two beer, what you think of the match? Did it exceed meat or was it lower than your expectations? I mean, I thought it met expectations. I didn't watch Punk's career. Like, I was not watching wrestling at the time. I mean, I've watched some stuff since, but I didn't experience that. Not like a homegrown CM Punk fan or anything. Um, I miss that, too. I I love his charisma. Uh, He doesn't necessarily seem like the most athletic dude in the world. Um, So, but uh, the match, like, met expectations. I thought they were both really good. Like you said, it was methodical at the start, which I, I always appreciate. And I think it really helps like build anticipation. Uh, and some people were tweeting gifts of a side-by-side of a Bret Hart, Sean Waltman mm. match. And that was pretty cool, like with the arm drag. The, and the very Bret first, Hart yeah. Being like, hmm. Yeah, so that was pretty neat. But uh, overall, yeah, it was a, a smart match. It was well done. And yeah, Darby didn't do anything too crazy. Uh, but that spot where he went through the the corner turnbuckles and like hit the post and went to the floor looked brutal and uh yeah i i expected him to kill himself but he didn't so well junk our punk gts him out of the ring right. at one point yeah which looked so like a fuck up. yeah that no. also looked so good rough. It was you could t- well, it actually, looked really good. It was so good where you know was this a fuck up? You know, oh, you know the momentum took him out of the ring. You know, that's the little nuances. Once again, I will hammer this shit home to the cows come home. You could tell a, a story inside the ring, and that was a part of the story. Yes, Punk hit the GTS. This should be now, it. Oh, he's rolling out of the I'll, ring. I'll Son of a that, bitch. I'll. I'll I'll take this opportunity to say that each one of us with our predictions, we all ended up with seven points. Uh, but I only bring this up to say that Jason would have won if he wouldn't have picked QT Marshall <laughs> against Paul White. It's six guys, <laughs> goddammit. Fucking figure it out. Well, he picked QT Marshall against Paul White. Anyway, Paul I White goes over. That. Oh, I, I, I re-listened to it. I It's my ringtone now. It's just... <laughs> It's just Zach saying to Jason, that's the craziest shit you've ever said. (laughs) Okay, Okay, so I mean, every now and then I'm prone to go a little hyperbole on motherfuckers. It's it's one too many shots. You got me on that one. All right, so then we got uh, Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega. Obviously, nobody's talked about this match. 
because everybody talks about what happened after the match. The match was great. The match was exactly what you want from, you know, when Christian is this given... This like a New Japan match. When Christian is given time, Christian can go and make shit compelling, and there were some compelling near falls. Now, they weren't... I... Well, there was a couple times. If if I would have been watching it live, I would have thought, yeah, you know what? Maybe Christian could win this. I don't know. Who knows? Who the fuck knows? You know. But Omega eventually ends up going over. Um, I don't want to sell Christian short because he's a he's a favorite of mine. Jason's the wearing a Christian shirt right the, now. The TNA uh, version, the instant classic. Before we get to the aftermatch theatrics and bombshells uh zach anything to say about christian's performance oh christian was fantastic kenny omega was fantastic it was a great main event i when i mentioned i was going to mention the crowd later it seemed like for the first half of this match the crowd had been so goddamn hot that they had just gassed themselves out like they were just so tired at this point because i'm sure you know a lot of people showed up early uh, they've been cheering so hard, but Kenny and Christian got them. You know, those two guys are not going to leave a crowd, you know, mediocre or anything. They're going to absolutely destroy. Definitely uh, not. Yeah. So I thought it was great. It was a little scary. Like uh, Christian took a really rough table spot where he hit the, the side of the table and he took a one wing angel off the middle rope, which is Oof. just insane. Like, Chris Jericho took the one wing angel one time in Japan and he said, I'll never take that move again. And Christian's like, I'll take it off, off the middle rope. Yeah, exactly. He ended his career early because of like concussions, like neck injuries. And he's like, Oh yeah, do that to me. I'll say this. You two beers saying how the crowd may have gassed themselves out is probably the reason why they did that early table spot where Kenny Omega, uh, stomps on the table a la coup de gras on uh, Christian off the jump where Don Callis is distracting him. Now, the, the back end table spot where Christian Cage uh, spears Kenny into the table, I don't necessarily think that was necessary at that point. I mean, did it add to the match? Not really. I mean, it was a nice little spot, but ultimately I don't think it was necessary. This was a good match. I I didn't like that first spot until you said that explanation. Now it makes more sense. The second table spot, I don't necessarily think it was necessary. But overall, I mean, I have no problems with this match. It was a good way to finish the pay-per-view. I'll tell you what, Christian versus Kenny Omega. We can run that back. Oh, I, in a vacuum, I would chant fight forever between those two guys because that's how much I think about that's how much I think of Christian and obviously Kenny Omega is the best in the world Mm-mm. Uh, Mm-mm. according to PWI Mm-mm. sorry Can't not, not trying there's we have, like two guys listen, there's lots of podcasts whole, left there's a whole two guys on this on this card right here that might have claim to that that's what I was going to say <laughs> uh, but let's get to the shit that happened afterwards which was Kenny Omega starts cutting a promo they start beating up the elite start beating up Christian. He said, there's nobody on my level. Uh, Adam Cole's new music, which, you know, I'm 41 years old. I'm not going to say it slaps. I'm going to say it sounds really cool, though. I really like it a lot. <laughs> Your boy, um, <laughs> he comes out. 
swerves the crowd after a few minutes. Uh, you know, I know. What you, I remember what you did to me. I, I read his lips. I was like, oh shit, this is gonna laugh. This yeah, they love him for dead on BTE. <laughs> Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega saying in the great in the words of the great Steve Urkel, "Did I do that?" Like popped me pretty hard. <laughs> it's like you fucking dork, man. He is such especially a- because he he's such a nerd. Especially because like that's like a monumental moment in wrestling history, and that's what he followed it up. Right. With. Like, that's why I was just like, God damn it, Kenny. <laughs> Adam Cole, baby, cuts a promo, and uh, Kenny says, I'll do what I do best, with the, which is send the crowd home happy, and then he does the good night bang, and Fly the Valkyrie starts playing. Brian Danielson comes out. So, Zach, because you were the one that watched it live, what was happening in the room? How crazy... Did Mrs. Two Beer go? Oh, uh, she was in the other room, so she was she was just like, "Why are you yelling?" I say, "You got and, this uh, right. I'm, I'm, you you can take it from here. I'm gonna go ahead and go in the kitchen." <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was just like, "What is going on?" Well, how crazy uh, did you go then? I, I I jumped up and was yelling, "Yes, yes!" And like, oh, yeah, we my kids came out. Yeah, my kids came out of their rooms and they were like, "What's going on?" And Dexter was like, oh, it's Daniel Bryan, because Dexter and I watched Daniel Bryan win the title from AJ Styles at a SmackDown in St. Louis. So, I remember that. Um, he had seen me go crazy doing Yes Chance before. They were, um, they were probably expecting you to say, St. Louis got leveled by an earthquake. We moved just in time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. All your yes. friends are dead. <laughs> High five, Dad. Why aren't you giving me a high five? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, it was uh, it was really cool. I was buzzing, right? Like I'm I'm immediately like can't calm down. I'm just like super pumped. Thankfully, it's not that late here. I think it was nine p.m. You know, like at that point, plenty of so, time to keep getting fucked up. God, I bet. Yeah, so envy I kept it going. I watched like the media scrums, and you know, I'm watching. I logging in so that I could watch uh, you know the interviews with CM Punk and Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan or you know Brian Danielson, Ruby Soho, all these people uh, really added some insight super cool. Adam Cole just like reaffirmed that he's just like the sweetest dude on the planet uh, like in his uh, post-match interview just came out to a huge heel turn and then just immediately uh, shifts back into normal Adam Cole mode where you're just like God. I just want to take you home to meet my mother. All right, Jason. <laughs> um, the Adam Cole, like I said, to me, Adam Cole was the surprise of the two. Um, obviously, Brian Danielson was reported to be moved up from the uh, Arthur Ashe show to All Out. Um, so I was expecting him when Adam Cole came out. I was like, "Oh man, you know this is that was the one because we knew we kind of knew that Brian Danielson was on board. We were kind of sure that Adam Cole, baby, was going to be on board too. To see it unfold, that's to me was the moment. Brian Danielson coming out second was like the cherry on top of the cake. Like I said, for me, I wish they would have kind of separated a little bit. If the heels go over on top, then that's just, you know, it is what it is. It's not the end of the world. I wouldn't necessarily have mind seeing the elite 
stand alone as the smoke clears. But you got Dane Bryanson too. And like Bill said, you got the foot on the neck, or at least it feels like it. You know, keep hammering them motherfuckers. It's like any horror movie villain. You can't just stab that motherfucker. You got to stab him, cut the neck off, pull the heart out, the whole shebang. Well, um, I'm, I'm going to cut off the AEW conversation right here because the three counts going to be AEW Dynamite. So if you tuned in expecting to hear, uh, you know, thoughts about Karrion Cross, shit like that, um, thoughts about Rick Boogs versus Dolph Ziggler, you might want to tune out now because... <laughs> The two counts going to be New Japan, and the three counts going to be AEW again. And this is the reason for that, friends, is because as somebody who has been deemed the WWE defender on this podcast, for better or for worse, maybe because I just like to keep the conversation going. Maybe it's because I'm the quarterback of the show, you know, X, Y, Z. All right, Tom Brady, stop patting yourself in the back. Who knows? Uh the reason why we're not going to do that is because WWE can't be taken seriously anymore. It's almost like WWE and AEW are, they're both pro wrestling, but they are two completely different entities. So we're not going to talk about WWE very much this week, but. Or maybe ever again. No, stop it. I'm just choking. I'm just joking. But let's get, let's get to that two count. Two beer. What's the two count? Two count. We have two nights of New Japan. It was really nice to kind of get back into it. Uh, we had Wrestle Grand Slam and the MetLife Dome. I don't know how uh, advantageous it is as a company for them to keep booking these enormous stadiums right. and putting like a tiny bit of people in them. It's like 5,000, give or take, yeah. something like that. A little over 5,000. I think maybe it's more expensive to cancel than it is to like run the show. I don't, I don't know how it works. Yeah, I was getting ready to say. I think at this point you're kind of it's like uh, you're pot invested. You know what I'm saying? You've already booked the venue, you've announced the dates. You know, unfortunately, you know a good chunk of this talent is over here in the states. So you know, what do you do? Do you cancel or do you just you know roll the ball out and see what happens? Obviously, they did the latter. Um, I'll, I'll defer to you on this one. I mean, is New Japan in trouble? I mean, they were hit worse than anybody uh, with COVID and with financials and stuff. But I don't think they're in trouble, per se. I think they're a known entity. Obviously, they're a little cooler than... I'll take one. They have been for the last, like, five years or whatever. And it also, you know, this G1 is the... Most lackluster of the bunch. Uh, I think Damn, next. dude. Jesus. It's not that bad. I didn't say it, it was, but when you compare it to the last, like, four years. Okay, come on, Which man. were the, the, the best in history. Come on, I'm, man. I'm, all I'm, dude, I am not being critical. You don't have to jump down my throat. I am just saying facts. Like, there is room for, like, when you look at these matches, yeah, night one is amazing, right? You got Shingo Takagi versus Ishii. But the last few years, you've had, like, three of those kind of matches every single night. And I'm not complaining because okay. I do not are, have time. Are, are we talking about G1 so, or are we talking about the, the Wrestle Grand Slam? Yes. That's why I wanted to know yeah. too. 
Well, I mean, I just like segued into it because you asked me about how New Japan health, and I mentioned G1 because it's indicative of New Japan health, right? Well, let's let's get the let's get to the G one in a little bit. Let's let's deal with what's already About happened say, as opposed you're to lucky your boy just came hey, back. Hey, take it easy. Take it easy. <laughs> We're family. <laughs> All right. So family fights. Let's, right. let's go let's go with the Grand Slam. Let's go with Yo versus Show. What you guys think of Yo versus Show and Show ends up going over and ends up joining Bullet Club, but Jay White. Not only <laughs> Bullet Club, he ends up shit. joining the the sub faction of Bullet Club, which is the poorly named House of Torture. House of Culture. I don't give a shit what it is. Go ahead, Tubier. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, this is a good match, and it was kind of inevitable, right? We've we've known this was going to happen for a good while, or at least kind of expected it, because Yo was out with the injury. Show really started to shine as a single star. Definite. Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty vibes, right? So who's Shawn Michaels? Not, show. Uh, I mean, show. But I, I'm look, not I've, saying, seen, I've seen people like, oh, Yo's going to be the one that comes out of this. I'm like, dude, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, I mean, I think they both have great upside. Uh, Yo, I mean, it's the right move to have Yo as the baby face for sure, uh, because I think he's just a natural baby face. I think you have. Uh, you know, he garners more sympathy. I think he's got kind of like more of the the female audience uh, as far as like uh, their their vote of confidence, right? But I mean, they're both awesome. Uh, it's super cool to see them wrestle, and I liked how they were describing it as kind of a fight between brothers, right? Uh, until all of a sudden it wasn't, and now shows like full on heel. But uh, it was definitely. Uh, fun to watch because you know there hasn't been as much excitement around New Japan and so I haven't been watching anything but these like bigger shows and they haven't been having as many shows as they normally do so uh, I was pretty stoked to uh, to jump in here and I liked it the, uh, the... Oh. can you hear me? did you guys cut my microphone? thank you, did you cut my <laughs> microphone off Jason? Uh, yeah How dare it, was, you? it was very uh, sly and subtle because I wanted to say this real quick I knew that uh, show I'll turn was my go- mic back off. <laughs> I knew that show was going to um, join a faction at some point, especially turning heel. I just wish it wasn't Bullet Club. I was kind of hoping it would be Suzuki Goon, but that was just me. All right, here here are my thoughts. Better. Here are my thoughts on it. Very quick. Um, I love both these guys. I love Show a lot. Show to me is the bigger star. Agreed. Show. His facial expressions are a little too much, and yeah. him joining House of Torture with Evil and Dick Togo just worries the fuck out of me because it feels like they're going to make him the next Evil, which means that it's just going to be all bullshit interference, and I have a lot more to say about this later, uh, but I really want to get to this next match. I, in fact, I, I want to talk about this next match as long as the match went on. Jesus which was fucking Christ. <laughs> Are you serious? Yano versus Owens. It was a 28-minute I quit match. Now, listen. I want to give you... Yeah, I want you to defend. No, I want you to defend this bullshit. Defend uh, this bullshit. I want to give you some context on I quit matches, which are... My least favorite matches. Yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. I hate I quit matches. Oh, I know. Right? Um, when when it was uh, Magnum TA versus Tully Blanchard, 
in an I Quit match. Now, these guys have been tearing up the territories forever. That I Quit match, about 13 minutes. When it was, uh, when it was, uh, hold on a second. I wish I would have written this down. Yeah, motherfucker. Uh, Rick Flair, Rick Flair versus Terry Funk. Thank you, Rick Flair versus Terry Funk, which was maybe considered the greatest I Quit match of all time. Yeah, you think? Sixteen minutes. Uh, when The Rock fought Mankind in an I Quit match. Uh, at it, the Royal Rumble, in, it, in, in, a, in a match that was famous for the uh, the chair shots. Shot. Oh, yeah. Then, never mind. That, that wasn't the empty. Uh, it wasn't empty arena. It was the chair shots yeah, that showed up on the. And they mic'd in. I quit. I quit. On the movie. Uh, what was that movie? Uh, Beyond the Mat? Yeah. 21 minutes. Now, when The Rock and Mankind and Flair and Funk and Magnum TA and. Uh, Tully Blanchard. Tully Blanchard had those matches. That was at the end of a feud. That was a blood match. Like, somebody had to go down. Like, it had to be an I quit, you know? Yeah. So, for Yano and, for Yano and uh, Chase Owens to go 28 minutes, that's something. Now, that being said, I don't think that Yano and Chase Owens went into the booker and said, hey, we need 30 minutes to tell this story. I think the booker went to Yano and Owens and said, you guys got to fill up 30 minutes because a little bit down the card, and we'll get to it later, but Tanahashi and Ibushi, because of Ibushi's illness and because they couldn't go very, because Ibushi didn't have the, uh, the stamina, they could only go 14 minutes. So that being said, I give Yano and Owens six stars. <laughs> what do you think, Zach? <laughs> I gave it seven. Yes, hell yeah! You motherfuckers trying to give me a heart attack in this motherfucker. Are you goddamn kidding me? Come on, I man! Mean, seriously, it was, it was seriously. A, it was a de- uh, listen, I just seriously, wanted to give you twenty-eight just, minutes. Oh, it's so long, so long. Dude, I did, that was I, a no. struggle to get through. I totally agree. I'm, okay, that's what I want to well, hear. Well, you know, I'm joking around. God, you think damn. I really want to watch a twenty-eight <laughs> no. minutes? No, that's Dude, what I was doing. I was doing other shit when this match was on. Like, there is no way that I sat and watched this thing for 20 minutes. Compl- I definitely was. I was doing other shit like bonding with my child, which means she was just sleeping good, like on good, me. Good. About but, to say, it was a good time to take a nap in between this match shit. Give me a but, break. But I love Yano's new look. I thought that Owens was going to lose when he yelled, say I quit into the microphone and I thought they were going to be like uh, he said I quit <laughs> he's done <laughs> I thought that was I, I really thought that would have been fucking that awesome been some Yano shit for real that would have been Dude, some Yano that shit that would have been that would have been so good so let's move on to the better match which is Okada Cobb Okada Cobb Cobb goes over clean the the entire story of the match was that Cobb kept trying to do tour of the islands kept trying to do tour of the islands did the tour of the islands off the middle rope, did a second one for good measure, and beats Okada in the middle of the ring. One, two, three, clean. What you think about that, Jason? I ain't gonna say I'm right, but fuck it, I'll just say it. I'm right. Um, Hell yeah, you're right. What you write about? This is Jeff Cobb's at least. 
I'll say I said it last week. This is going to be the the way you get the tiebreaker going because now, obviously, we're, and we'll talk about that in a second. They're in the B block on the uh, the G one coming up. I really think this is going to be Jeff Cobb on a roll moving forward, especially kind of looking at the uh, the blocks over here. It's going to take something special for Okada to get this next match in the G1. And we've been kind of, I've been saying it. I know Two Beers kind of saying it. You kind of alluded to it too. The Rainmaker finisher is going to have to come back at some point. That money clip shit ain't doing it anymore. It never wins in the big match. So at some point in the G1, and I would expect this uh, Jeff Cobb Okada match to be towards the end of their block. The winner moves on. The loser goes home. That's when I think Okada has to make a decision on whether or not he goes back to the old Okada, hits Rainmakers like it's nobody's business, and moves on, or he tries to get this money clip thing over. It doesn't work, and Jeff Cobb goes over. What do you think, Zach? Oh, the match was awesome, and I thought it was super cool that Cobb got the win because he has not beat Tanahashi, or I'm sorry, not beat Okada yet. And, uh, you know, long match, definitely worthy of, you know, big show. And Cobb's been wrestling really good. He's really leaned into this heel character very well, and it makes him a more compelling wrestler. And I, you know, can't say enough good things. This, this match ruled it was probably, you know, if, you know, we didn't have a Tanahashi Ibushi match on this card. It would have been my favorite match of the night, but alas, um, we had a Tanahashi Ibushi match. So and what do you think about Tanahashi Ibushi? Uh, I mean, these guys are two of the best in the world. I mean, Ibushi is not quite there yet as far as like legacy. Tanahashi is one of the greatest to ever done it. Uh, ever, like one of the best wrestlers just ever. And Ibushi is, you know, coming off the the injury and unfortunately they couldn't have like a big long epic match like they did at the G one final, you know, a couple of years ago, which is one of the best matches I've ever seen in my entire life. But it was still cool to see Tanahashi on top. You know, they're telling this story. They had been tag partners last year and Tanahashi was taking all those pins and it was just not cool. Like, you know, they were telling the story that he was washed up and I didn't think, even though with the injuries, I didn't think he was ready for that kind of story. They've done it before too. It's like they kind of do that every now and then, but they make him eat a bunch of pins, but now he's back on top again as U.S. heavyweight champion. And I think it is totally fine for Abushi to lose because of their history. And because like there will be a day when Abushi just totally destroys Tanahashi and, you know, really kind of a passing the torch kind of moment. It, it's going to happen. So I thought this was fun. Jason. And, yeah, I will always watch one of these matches. No, I, I agree. And watching it, the knee-jerk reaction was, you know, the ending was not abrupt, but, was, but I thought there was going to be more. And then when the end happened, I was like, well, what the fuck? I never thought about COVID. I never thought about any of this shit. I was just in the moment of the match where – it felt like it was just starting to get good. The, the high fly four was going to get kicked out. Then we have seen, you know, Kota Ibushi do some moves. And then we'll go another five or ten minutes. That's kind of where 
like I said, for me, not thinking about the COVID situation, not thinking about the health situation, just being a New Japan mark, that's why I was really looking at Yano and uh, Chase Owens. was like, okay, we could have took five minutes, six minutes off this match, put it on the back end. Didn't Like I said, I'll give you credit for that. I never thought of it that way. Oh, no. I didn't I didn't come up with that myself. Like I, I I read that. Like that was like some backstage shit that they were trying to make shit go longer because they knew that the Bushi didn't have the he then didn't that, have it, the, he okay, didn't have the gas. It makes total sense then. Yeah. At that point So twenty eight minutes is so stupid. Give it to Okada and Jeff Cobb, you know, do it sure. to the two guys that, you know, you're gonna actually I shouldn't say actually, but you know, guys that are healthy this is going to be the next stage of a New Japan feud. Give it to them if you didn't want to give it to the uh, the main event. Uh, I, I, you know, I've kind of been critical of New Japan in talking about main events that they're always 30 plus minutes and they don't always have to be that long. Like if the match calls for it, then then you do it. Like I'm talking about Omega Okada one, two, three, and four. You know, like those are matches well, Shingo, that call for Osprey needs to Shingo, go with thirty minutes. Shingo Osprey, yes, shit like that. But I mean, Abushi coming off his Ill, illness totally and Tanahashi, and you know what? Their what I read was their last match, which was two two thousand nineteen uh, G one. I think sounds about right. Uh, only went thirteen minutes, so they kind of have, have a history of. Not going that long. Okay, well then I will shut the fuck up for once. I'm not telling you to shut the fuck up, but no, I'm saying I, I stand is corrected. New Japan is this whole uh, other atmosphere that doesn't it, that exists completely outside of the rest of wrestling, which is why I love it so much. Uh, night two. I'm, I'm not going to talk about the six-man tag match, or not the six-man, but the Cobb and Ocon, other than to say that Cobb and Ocon should be in the world tag team. God damn, man. Slow down. <laughs> I get it. Well, they're I badasses. Mean, no. And the starter matches were also really fun. The starter you, matches you watched, were really good. If you watched the starter no, matches. You know I watched that shit. I was, I was so glad that my, uh, my girls got on and, and at least got a little pub with uh, people that don't watch stardom. If, if you don't watch stardom, you don't know New Japan. I mean, they're basically... And they were the going same. out of their way to make shit fun. Yeah. But to get into the four main matches, we had uh, Despi and Kanemaru versus Ishimori and El Phantasmo. Uh, the less said about this match, the better. I did not like it. I love the match. I'll be perfectly honest because now it gets to the point You're of... You're a nerd. Yeah, I am. I don't have that. Yeah, right. I was about to say wrong mixer. Um, the the question, the mystery of what's in ELP's boot, is it loaded? Is it not loaded? It's obviously loaded, but we just didn't know what was in the, the boot itself. This to me, I'm, I'm sorry, you can call me what you wanted. This was a better match than Chase Owens versus Yano. I mean, damn, we did it in less than 28 minutes, and it was a good match on top of it. No problems with it. Zach, what'd you think? I mean, it was fine. I wasn't uh, super absorbed in this match. Um, I kind of check out sometimes. I like, I really like Phantasmo, but the, the fuckery, it's, it's not as annoying as the evil stuff. Uh, but it does kind of take me out of it sometimes. And I think he's a better wrestler than his gimmick uh, allows for. Uh, the tag match we had. Hmm. Dangerous Techers. <laughs> 
Nido kills me. <laughs> I miss you, Nido. Where have you been? Dangerous Tigers go over. What did you think, Zach? It was interesting because uh, you don't really see a lot of three ways in New Japan, let alone a lot of three way tags, right? Uh, I don't even think they've had one. In, Plus, it was know, a tornado tag match where only two guys could be in the ring at any time. So it was interesting from a storytelling perspective in that way. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, I thought that I'm glad actually that they didn't switch the the titles off of Dangerous Techers because I'm I want to have some sort of cohesion moving forward. You mentioned World Tag League. I think that's part of the reason to do it. I like the fact that uh, Niall and uh, Goto was in each other's face at the end. You know how you can, how you motherfuckers gonna lose. You know what I'm saying? So it it, it would probably extend. An Lij uh, Goto Yoshihashi feud moving forward, but this was probably the best move for this match to have Dangerous Techers retain. So that was the match of the weekend for me in NJPW. If you would have taken out uh, Hiromu Takahashi versus Robbie Eagles, which actually was the match of the weekend, surprise, nigga, Eagles. Goes over. Taps him out clean. Did you see it coming? No, hell no. I didn't see it coming. No, I've been saying that Hiromu was going Tapped to get him this. out too. Yeah, clean. Like I said, I, this is where I was like, okay, Man, this he, is going to be he had him, the crying he had him moment. that thing for like two and a half minutes. Yeah, he was too. just cranking his fucking legs. Loved it. What'd you think, Zach? Oh, it was awesome. Whenever last week you said, you know, what are you looking forward to the most? And this was the match, right? And. You know, I've heard it said that New Japan's high on Robbie Eagles, and it's obvious, right? Because neither one of these guys has, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, neither one of damn. these guys had lost in singles competition since December of last year, right? So, you know, nine, ten months, neither one of them has taken a loss in singles competition. So, um, you know, Robbie just got that belt. I unfortunately kind of just figured that he was he got it as a placeholder for Hiromu. And, you know, because it seems like when Harum was around, he, he's the ace of the junior division, right? But um, now that Kashida's gone. But, you know, he doesn't need the belt either. So I think it is the right move. I just didn't expect it because rome has got charisma for days. And Robbie Eagles is a great wrestler, and he's got a ton of energy. But, like, he's not going to carry... You know, he's going to get the fans behind him and stuff, but I think the belt is is, is there to, to prop him up. And he's I think a, well, he's Hiromu a nice foil for Hiromu at this point. Yeah, Hiromu is like me. Like, he's got a lot of personality, but when you get to know him, he's got a lot of substance, too. You know what I mean? Okay, that was going to say. I'm not sure where you're getting <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> yeah. And also, I like to wear flamingo colored uh, jackets. I, I thought you were going to say it. it's because he had a cat and a micro penis. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> where does shit come from? Come on, man. I have both of those things. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great match, though. Like, it what was. a fucking match! No, it really was. It was the, it was the surprise of the weekend. Um, I did not see it coming, but it's a good thing. I like the fact that now Robbie Eagles has new challengers. Despy comes up. We're going to do. I'm not sure how the fuck they're going to do this, but you know, you challenge for the junior tag team titles. Robbie Eagles gets 
defend the title against uh, Despy at some later point. So All right. they'll figure that out. So let's talk about Evil Shingo. <sighs> Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Fuck it. Right, you know, go first. look, I've said evil shouldn't have been in this. He's heating up. It should have never been in this spot to begin with. And this is the reason why. Okay, so you got the house of torture going to him with ringside. You know that shit's going to happen. Red Shoes throws them from ringside, and then Dick Togo comes back. Look, I like New Japan like the next motherfucker, but I mean, even at this point, I can't allow for this fuckery to go down. You just threw them out of ringside. Dick Togo comes back. You don't see this motherfucker come back? I mean, the match was okay. It was literally like two matches before house of torture and then after house of torture neither one was really that good it was really just to stamp shingo to the next match whatever that next match is whoever wins the g1 that's probably going to be the next match shingo loses a match or two here and there you can build that match up or whatever the case may be this was really an ultimate waste of time. Even if the, even if there was no pandemic and you pack 50, 60,000 of this motherfucker, I'd have been mad for them yeah, 50 or 60,000. Okay, so I'll, I'll stop you there for a second because even if there was no pandemic, you can't say that about this. So these two nights weren't... That wasn't NJPW firing all cylinders because there's other guys, and we'll talk about this with the G1 a little bit later, but... They don't have everybody that they need to have, and the the crowd looked pathetic at this thing. I'm it, not, okay, I'm not going to sit up here and disagree with that, but let's talk about this shit in a vacuum. This match was not that good. Brother, I live in a vacuum. <laughs> no, this match was this this match wasn't very good. It's it it's not in the top ten Shingo matches. Now we did we at we least Shingo retains. Off. We I mean I I hate the reason I got in the reason I started loving New Japan so much is because they kind of resisted those pro wrestling tropes, and it really did seem like guys that were just trying to win matches so they could win championships. I said it back in 2017 when this podcast started that wrestling is best when the old days when it it's trying to simulate a real sport. At least Evil lost. I'll, I'll just say that it was yes. not, it, it was not a good match to me. That's, I didn't like watching. That is it. the only thing that's redeeming about this. What do you, what do you this? think, Zach? Oh yeah, uh, you know at least you know Lij came out to mm. save. You know because usually there's just so much goddamn fuckery and nobody does anything so that was a uh, surprise I was, I was surprised that lij came out good surprise but it just it reaffirmed what i kind of already thought was going to happen to begin with shingo still yeah, champ. i'm good with that yeah he shouldn't there's no if evil should never be champion again at least iwgp heavyweight champion i mean if you want to throw him the neverweight title knock yourself out there's no reason in the world for him to be on top of this promotion all right that's gonna do for the two count all right zach i'm gonna throw it to you first and we're gonna start with the most important stuff from AEW dynamite um I'm going to start you with Moxley versus Suzuki because I know that you're rip roaring and ready to go. What do you think about the match? Yeah, I was rip roaring and ready to go before the match started. Now I'm rip roaring, ready to go, just pissed off because 
they boned it up. Uh, I know that they were short on time, right? They usually do a fantastic job. They didn't have to be shows. They didn't have to be short on time. Great. No, that's what I mean. Yeah, they didn't have to be. They normally do a good job timing these. But they gave MJF uh, fifteen fucking minutes. Yeah, Go they ahead. did not. They did not do a good job timing this out. And I tell you what, there were things that could have been cut in the show for sure. You know, the Dan Lambert segment uh, could have been cut. They could have cut down on the MJF stuff. I know that you know they wanted filming out there because of Cincinnati. Um, you know, they could have shortened some stuff up. I know that you want Punk out there. Uh, just for ratings and because, you know, the fans want to see Punk. And, you know, they are building programs. You know, they're building Will Hobbs and Punk, it looks like, maybe, uh, for a TV match. And uh, so they had to have a Will Hobbs match with him going over Dante Martin. Uh, you know, that, that, like, helps, like, build Will Hobbs up for Punk. I can see, like, a lot of that stuff, right? But here's the thing. Even if you're short on time, even if you bone it up, do not give us like an eight minute match with four minutes of commercials. Like let's pretend this is an actual sporting event. Let's pretend it's an athletic competition. Like, like Bill just said, why don't you call an audible? You don't have any, in a, a, a run, a run over or whatever they're called, but you can keep the thing filming and say, sorry guys, we're out of TV time. We'll have the rest of this up on YouTube. Right, let the guys have a match. Like, let the people in Cincinnati see their hometown guy have an actual match with this dude that we know he can have amazing matches with. Uh, that's the audible that you should have called, not like the audible of like shortening everything up. It just seemed like a, a huge bummer, and it really put a sour taste in my mouth for the the show as a whole. And they did this amazing rating, and it's not it's not their best foot forward. Uh, what you think, Damn. Jason? <laughs> you to- you throwing the whole show and need to bust. I mean, I was good. Hey, listen, next time that you make fun of Zach for not being able to criticize AEW, this motherfucker just came on here and ethered him. So that that's on. <laughs> just remember that, okay? <laughs> now, all that being said, um, I'll say this. The Suzuki-Moxley match was not that good. Let's just call it for what it is. Whether it was a short match or whatnot, the physical match itself was not that good. We saw better in New Japan. I'll leave that there. The MJF spot, if you wouldn't have had MJF lose on Sunday, then he wouldn't have had his ass being shown for 15 minutes on Wednesday. That's the thing. This is the cause and effect of MJF, and Tinder said it. Tinder Mahal was at All Out, so I, I'm using him as kind of my gauge. If MJF wins that match, he doesn't have to suck out 15 minutes over here, okay? It's The good part about this is that they kept, yeah, they kept Chris Jericho off of the card entirely, so all the heat was on MJF, but that's why you did it, because he lost a match that he probably should have won on Sunday. Okay, I'm left in the strange position to defend AEW against JCB and Two Beer Zach. Um, <laughs> I thought that Suzuki and Mox, I, I've seen them fight before. It was way better. They only got 10 minutes and 33 seconds. In fact, Moxley got two and a half minutes of just walking through the crowd at the end of it. Um, After the CM Punk, Taz family 
segment, somebody fucked up, and Shivani and Excalibur and Jim Ross had to keep the segment going as CM Punk walked up the ramp, which never happens on television. They fucked up. Obviously, okay. Stop timing was fucked up. How, what do you mean they fucked up? Because I watch, I didn't watch this live, so I mean you're you're telling me something. So I didn't when see. when CM Punk CM Punk was out there, and then Taz stood up, and it seemed kind of strange. Like Taz was like, "Hey, keep my boys' names out of your mouth," right? And he's like, "I didn't even bring up Team Taz," and he goes, "No, you've said it in interviews." It almost looked like CM Punk got what he was talking about, and he was like, "Bring me Hook, uh, bring me Power Starks, Hobbs, bring Starks. me Hobbs," you know. Which I totally get. Like, you already have Daniel Bryan there. You already have Adam Cole there. You can't have have everybody at the top of the card. Agreed. If CM Punk is going to go through. Hangman Page hasn't even come back yet. If CM Punk wants to start putting guys over that are younger or making them look good. Fine. Him and Ricky Starr sounds like the shit. Yes, exactly. I think that's what what they're going for. I, I think that's the plan. But the thing is, and I've never directed the TV show, but I think that it ran a little short and Shivani and Excalibur, like I was watching it and I was like, ah, this doesn't seem right. It just seems like they're, and you, you can almost hear Shivani thinking like, oh, I need to keep this going. I need Phil to keep Bruster this going. Like a motherfucker. Okay. Yes. All right. That wasn't what I started talking about. What was this? There was a uh, there was a fire alarm earlier in the day. I mean, like you know, at the at the place. I don't know if that had anything to do with anything, but it just seemed like it just wasn't. Usually, you know, AW does a fantastic job of putting these shows together, and yeah, they might have too much stuff on it, uh, you know, for your taste. But it's not too much stuff to where they kind of ruin the whole pacing of the show. Um, what, what they're very I, practiced at this. What I would like to say about this show, though is that it seemed like WWE Attitude Era energy in the crowd. Like, it was a normal show. The first match was Malachi Black versus Dustin Rhodes, and that crowd was hot as fuck for it. And throughout the Malachi show... Malachi Black has a really good entrance. Throughout the show... though no, for sure. Throughout the show, they had a Lucha Brothers vignette, a Miro and Eddie Kingston vignette, and orange casty vignette and this is just guys talking to the camera they weren't on tv that are they weren't in front of the crowd that night but for all these fucking turds that i see jason Uh-oh. arguing with on twitter <laughs> who are I have no life go ahead who are saying that okay so all these undercard guys or guys that have been there forever they're just completely forgotten about that Eddie Kingston and Miro vignette back to back of those guys talking to the camera, all it's so simple, you know. It's like uh, that Chris Farley movie where he's the. Never mind. He's like, oh, it's so <laughs> simple. It's like all that does is keep those wrestlers in the in the audience's mind, and they they don't go away. Eddie Kingston doesn't have to show up in front of that crowd. Miro doesn't have to show up in front of that crowd. Lucha Brothers don't have to show up in front of that crowd. But you're still in the audience's mind. Right? No, I I totally agree. Just the fact that I I saw both 
Eddie Kingston and Miro have, you know, doing promos. Shit, I was like, okay, we need to run this back in New York. Both of them had great points. Yes. Eddie Kingston said, you low blowed me. And Miro said, your balls weren't the only ones that needed to be iced. iced. Come on, dude. That's <laughs> okay, so good. <laughs> so it sounds That's like all it takes. And it sounds like we're running it back. And that, and then, like you said, it was real so, easy. Watching AEW last night, I thought it was fire in all cylinders. I, I'm not going to nitpick about the way that the show went through. Uh, Suzuki Mox, I've seen a match I've better. Seen better. Now, what I will criticize, and I'm not. This is not me criticizing the product this is me criticizing the fans or maybe tony khan okay uh what's the name of those uh that tag team that got canceled a couple weeks ago the acclaimed because they were slut shaming that the the gal with the varsity blondes right uh julia hart thank you Hey man, never mind. You don't what, watch it. Uh, what what MJF said last night about Brian Pillman's mother and sister was so much worse. And if you're going to have a problem with A, you got to have a problem with B, because MJF is Brian Pillman's mother still alive? I think you're leaving something out. Uh, MJF is a rich white man. He can say and do whatever he wants. That's not even kayfabe. That, I mean, yeah. I, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, I was about to say, once you start that sentence, I'll, the but, look on my face was like, like, man, you're probably right. I, I understand. It was pretty messed up, though. I couldn't believe that he said it. Like, I know that they don't go out there knowing what MJF's going to say, but like, he was towing a line. But I mean, his, he was telling fans to jump the guardrail, and then he was like, I yeah, mean. Yeah, it seemed dude. really, really weird. That was the one comment when... He was like, you know, I'll dare anybody to jump over the guardrail. Okay, n- not necessarily saying that he was the... Can you imagine being the uh, dude that gets paid $15 an hour, like, stand there that says <laughs> security? Come on, dude. You really don't say like, this shit? Oh, jump the guardrail. Come on, man. I'm just trying to go home and have some sex tonight. You over here t- crying with these motherfuckers. But him saying that... Uh, your mom should have done with... Like, like, listen, that's a good burn. But saying that your mom should have swallowed you instead of, like, are are we slut-shaming? Are we aborting? Oh, he also said abortion. Yeah. Are we, uh, like, I just don't, uh, I said it a while ago when I talked about the acclaimed. I was like, he didn't really say anything that bad. Whatever MJF said last night was, was worse. W- way worse. That is worse than anything we've heard on wrestling television since the Attitude Era. And why did you have to do that? I mean, it it got a reaction. Like, I mean, it's right. exactly what it's supposed to okay. do. Okay, so kind that of. goes in. No, it Bill, it got a reaction, good or bad. Good in the sense that okay, it's the old school. This is what. If you're good, if you like that, it was old school heat. This is what the old school heat guys did. Listen, if, you, if, I if no one's okay with it, it's fine with offended. me. If I'm sure that. I'm sure I, I, I can't imagine MJF doesn't seem like the kind of guy, you know, he's like, seems like a total prick. Like we met him in real life. I have a sneaking suspicion that the dude really is salt of the earth. Otherwise, like, I don't think so many people would like him and talk so nice about him uh, backstage, even though he is talented. 
I feel like if he was just like that, like people would be like, I hate this dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? But everybody has such nice things to say about him all the time. I feel like you got to like get some clearance. Like, hey, I'm going to say something about your mom tonight. And someone's like, oh, yeah, do it. Okay, so let's stop right there. I you, hope she's alive. Do you think that TK gave him clearance to just be like, okay, here's the mic. Do what you need to do. Those guys don't have scripted yes. promos. Like, yeah, I do, do not. I do think TK did that. But I think that TK, I don't know if TK has the balls to suspend him for it. That seems. I think he would. I think he's reticent to do it to like okay. MJF. MJF has a longer leash for sure. Okay, and I'll give you that. But yes. number yes. one, what MJF said versus what um, Max, Max Caster said, way worse. Number two. I would almost, once again, this is why they did it. It's because you had to get the heat back that you lost on MJF. So Jericho goes over. It's not, a lot of this goes away if you just did what, at least what I think you should have did was do the right thing, have MJF beat Jericho, and then have him come out on Wednesday and do the victory lap and rub everybody's nose in it. It ain't even got to take 15 minutes. We gave Roman Reigns the fucking promo of the year for saying, you know, this is my yard now. He didn't even get, that was it. I'm just surprised that they let this opportunity pass. Okay. That's all I'm saying. If Hangman comes back and he wins the title and he beats Kenny Omega, which we all think is going to ultimately happen, then MJF is back into play. But why why cool him off when you don't have to? That's all I'm saying. I'm just happy. I'm just happy that Hangman's mom and wife both didn't swallow. Very happy. See, for you, ain't <laughs> you ain't shit. I was going to say the other. Um, I don't know if I said it tonight, but if I did, I'm just going to repeat myself. Um, when CM Punk came out and and gave the flowers to uh, Aunt Linda, you know, you're this beautiful saint, blah, blah, blah. That was the precursor for MJF to come out and be like, oh, Aunt Linda, you ain't shit. And I can't remember what he called um, the sister and you know, the grandma oh, or whatever. He called her 16 and pregnant. Yeah, and, yeah uh, it was like, yeah, no, and he, then he, he called her mom, Metheny. Metheny. Okay, that's the one I tripped off of. That was the one where I was just like, okay, so you know what? This is where MJF did get his heat back, and I'm happy for it, but you didn't have to do it because right there, you had all the heat in the world in front of you. Jericho doesn't need to do anything in AEW anymore. Have MJF go over, have the victory lap. The good part about that was Wardlow and uh, MJF did have their little, you know, sure. friction or whatever the case may be. When he was like, you know, sit over there in the in the corner and be cute. That that is the good part about that promo for me, or not even promo, but the whole segment. Okay, so let's let's talk about. The big picture, which is what I was putting off while we were talking about All Out. The big picture is we have been speculating about this for months. For months. About what would happen if they got CM Punk. Or what they would happen if they got Brian Danielson. Or what would happen if they got Brock Lesnar. 
Adam Cole wasn't even a part of the conversation. At that point. What we're looking at now is a wrestling promotion that has CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole. Bye-bye. Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega. <laughs> the Young Bucks. <laughs> Cody Rhodes. Adam Page. Adam Page. Oh, I'm sorry. Hangman Page. We're talking about, uh, we didn't even know who Jungle Jack Perry was. On the horizon. Sammy by Guevara. The, by the way, Sammy Guevara. I mean, we are talking about the FTR. Mm. Santana Ortiz. Lucha Brothers. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's insane. You know, and I understand the criticism that I see on people killing Jason about on Twitter uh, because Jason's clearly a white guy and (laughs) yelling at Jason about racism in wrestling is, you know, it's going to make him think about it for a second. But, you know, name me another. You talk about people of color. Name me another promotion. That has a dinosaur in the same ring as Brian Danielson. There's not a single one. You ain't you ain't shit, dog. <laughs> I I like the fact that Scorpio Sky got uh the five year deal, but and I said it last week, and I'll I'll stick to it right now. Anybody that looks like me is on the horizon. Okay, Gary Payton getting ready to sign. No. <laughs> I wish Gary Payton would get ready to sign. Man, if Zach knew who Gary Payton was, he would have laughed at his ass off. Um, (laughs) No, like Powerhouse Hobbs. I think that's going to be a link to CM Punk. Um, Scorpio Sky, he had the the promo with Dan Lambert. We're there. It's just, in my opinion, I couldn't put... The argument is you can put powerhouse Hobbs at the top and just make it work. You just can't do that. That is not even feasibly in, on this roster now? Hell no. A month ago, you probably couldn't have done it. Now you really can't do it. This is probably best for powerhouse Hobbs that everybody came over because that just buys him time. Get him in the ring. He already has the size. You make him get, you know, get, do some reps? Shh, please. That's just good for Powerhouse Hobbs on the back end, on the front end for us as wrestling fans. Shit, who who wouldn't love that shit? I I didn't want to make this about uh, them pushing people of color because that that is a fair criticism. It it actually is. What I want to do, though, because I do not care about people of color. Like, let's not even talk about it. (laughs) What I want to talk about about is how... The, the 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 tide is the tide has changed. Okay, come I on mean, now, come on now. Don't I mean you can't deny it. If the like uh, Seth Rollins tweeted the other night, right. last night he goes, "Well, I'll be fighting a w. I'll be fighting a wrestling legend on a show that is clearly watched by way more people. Yes, in parentheses, yes, way more people than any other wrestling show." It's like, dude, you're mad. You're mad. Right. There's that Cameron on Bill O'Reilly gif. Right. It's like, you're mad right. because the culture of wrestling is no longer with WWE. I will agree with that. Totally. What do you think, Zach? Oh, yeah. I mean, you said it where 
those guys can't some some of those guys can't look at AEW and think any different than my God, look at what I'm missing out on. They're having so much fun over there, right? You know, you got the Kevin Steens of the world. Kevin Steen tweeted out um, coordinates to Mount Rushmore the other day, which is the name of his PWG stable with him, Adam Cole, and the Young Bucks. Yes, you know, it's just it's like, and then he deleted you know, Kevin Steen. right away. Yeah, which, which yeah. is so cool. Yeah, do you know that he's like thinking missing out? Seth Rollins. I don't think so, man. I think Seth Rollins is just, like, one of those dudes who, like, you know, came from ROH, like, with those guys. And it, you think it would be so cool to see him in AEW. But I, I think if he went to AEW, I think – I don't think he ever will. And if he did, I don't think he would be as good. I think he would be one of those guys that kind of just kept in that WWE mode. You know, I think he's just so – company oriented you know yeah uh, uh, yeah i'm not i'm not sh- sure about that I, I i remember seeing kevin steen stuff way before he came to wwe you're right i don't remember tyler black stuff nearly as much kevin steen was the indie he was the indie guy and he makes a lot of money would i rather see there's just not room for everybody I would rather see Kevin Steen in AEW. Over who? Seth Rollins. Tyler Black. Sami Zayn. I mean, that's that's the rumor. If yeah. We're going to talk about that. I, I mean, mean that, that's perfect. Too, I, mean, they threw it I mean, I just tweeted. Sorry, real quick. I just tweeted yesterday, I think, and this is accurate for like my belief. I think Sami Zayn like, could be a generational talent as far as babyface, I think. He could be the ultimate babyface of our generation out of every like modern wrestler. But this uh, is this is this is this conversation has shifted so greatly. Listen, you sorry. Go uh, ahead. Us, and we'll get it back to your original thought. Us three talk about wrestling every single fucking week. <laughs> like every single week, we recap what happens on wrestling, and all we talk about for these three for these two hours once a week is wrestling and for the conversation to have shifted from well wwe's dominant wwe's dominant wwe's dominant and then it's like oh shit aew is everything now because it used to be aew versus nxt like not that long ago not really that long ago about a year ago give or take oh less time than that before before i was a father before i was the best dad in the world like dad of the year like <laughs> i don't know uh edna may just nominated me for dad of the year i changed a lot Damn, of that's that early shit she's over here throwing out uh, well, the nomination she, she, she's advanced no, uh but <laughs> stacking the votes baby you know but, stuff in the boxes but for us to be talking about this is actually pretty astounding it was less than two years ago we were like, well, I hope AEW can get a foothold and, you know, it'd be nice. if they could... some good matches. Okay, but right. I'll, I'll say this, and I, I guess I, I, I'll I, be the... Oh, uh, not to cut you off, but I'm going to cut you off. But just, like, let's just sit in it for a moment and be like, this is where we are. We're at AEW is the biggest shit in the world Look, for guys like us. On Dynamite, when they had Kenny Omega and uh, Daniel Bryanson come out for that moment, 
where they both came in the ring and nobody said anything for like 5, 10, 15 seconds. Right. That was the promo shot. That's your camera shot. You know, remember where you were when this happened. I was like, man, first and foremost, that reminds me of WWE. Good shit. But secondly, this is the tease of something that is going to happen somewhere down the line. I'm not saying it's going to happen tomorrow, six days, six months, but this match is going to happen well, because Daniel Bryanson and fucking Kenny Omega are going to want to make this maybe, match happen. Maybe it's the maybe it's the nature of wrestling fandom, and maybe it's just how big of like fucking gerbils we are that we can only see exactly what's in front of us. But we just had the first CM Punk match that we've ever had, and we've already moved on to the next thing. Oh no, I'm not moved on. Yes, it, you have. No, we all I'm have. Not, no, it, no, I'm not. It's, it's not, not a criticism. No, it's I'm what not. it is. No, this is. It's gotten to be a much bigger picture to where now two hours are going to float by like this. Especially now, Man. they're going to float fucking right by that fucking and dynamite that, the other night. Floating right by. Oh man. Okay, so now here's where, and the two I'll let you jump in from this point. Dynamite is going to be your number one show. Rampage, I guess, is going to be the number two show for an hour. And then you're going to have to figure out how, there's the question, how are you going to get more eyes like myself, like you, like Two Beard? The three of us don't watch Dark or so, Dark Elevation. So, when I so said, how do you make us watch? So when I said, let's just sit in it, you were like, I'm not just going to sit in it. I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm going to keep looking forward, <laughs> motherfucker. Uh, Zach, what do you think about this before we talk about the G1, and then we're out of here? Let's uh, get, we're going to do a no WWE podcast. Hey, okay. I think, <laughs> oh, fuck you guys. <laughs> uh, I think you're right, because it really is. It's just the main shit, and there was uh, early numbers, you know, they did like 1.35 million overall. Uh, they beat Raw in the demo, and uh, Raw was like a really <laughs> like, hot garbage. Season. I'll say it. Yeah. I watched that shit. I, how many times did we see the New Day? Once, uh, twice, thrice, four times, five fucking times. Yeah, how many no, times no, did no, we w- get to see the New Day? No, no WWE podcast, remember? Uh, but it's it's we, really easy to book raw if you're just going to book two hours of new day out there, nigga. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't call him that. I, I didn't call him that. I said it. I called him African American. I, I said it. How dare yep, you? Yep. As in, nigga, you ain't lying. Nigga, damn right. Nigga, that's the truth. Speak on that shit, my nigga. That's how I said. That's how I said it. Go ahead, two beer. Finish this shit up. Uh, yeah, uh, I think you're right. I think, dare we say, there's been a paradigm shift. Yeah, okay, and that's all I'm saying. I don't want this to be a scenario where the AEW is on the move and they're taking over. I didn't even know that uh, AEW won the demo for the last hour. That doesn't necessarily... When AEW beats Raw for the overall number... Then you start talking to me nah. because no, no, th- dude, Fuck hear me out. Give me 30 seconds. Hear me out. Okay. WWE has been around for as long as we've known. AEW has been around for what? Two or three years. If two. Di- okay. If dynamite beats raw, 
on an overall rating scale, the number, now we can start talking. Okay. Because I mean, Raw is the flagship that's fine. show I mean, of I, WWE. I mean, if you want to keep making excuses for WWE, you can. Oh, but there is don't no turn excuse. Shit around me. Don't turn that, this shit on me. <laughs> no, don't you do that but, shit. <laughs> don't you put this shit on Ricky Bobby. The culture of pro wrestling has shifted. I'm not going to yeah. disagree with and, that. And, it, it, and it, it, it's not going to go back for a while because if, if your boy comes CM over, game, if your boy comes over, it's really going to be on. No. Oh, so CM Punk, Brian Danielson, and Adam Cole come over, and now you're like, well, you know, if Kevin Owens comes over, oh, that's yeah, really going to be a really big deal. Got, it's not a big really deal got, enough. I was right. I was right. I was right the other week when I said that their dominance was done. I was right, and I like being right. Their dominance <laughs> is not done. They're right. going to make money, like you always said, like CM Punk has always said, in spite of themselves. Now, whether or not... Shout out to you Triple want, H. Okay, Get well, well soon. Yeah, shout out for Triple H. Whether you like that or not, that's not the issue. They're, WWE is about their do- bottom line. AEW caters to guys like the three of us. We want to see... The program come up, and then the payoff is the match. All right. That's going to be the end of breath three count. Okay. I got to get home to my infant daughter here very quickly. Let's talk about G1 real quick. Block A, Great Okan, Kotobushi, Tomorrow Ishii, Kenta, Tangaloa, Naito, Zack Sabre Jr., Chingo, Yujiro, Takata. Takahashi and Yano. Ooh, man. Let's see what Yano can do. Fuck that. Uh, block B is Cobb, Evil. Don't laugh. Cobb, Evil, Godo, Okada, Owen, Sonata, Taichi, Tanahashi, Tamatanga, and Yoshihachi. Uh, I'm going to ask Zach to repeat what he said online the other day because he had a pretty fun prediction. What you say, Zach? Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah. So uh, early prediction, <laughs> early prediction was that we'll have a Okada Shingo final, uh, and Shingo will win, and he'll be the first champion to win G one in over twenty years, and then he'll go on to pick uh, his people for his night one, night two. Although now there's three nights. Right. I remember I said this. I did not know there was three nights. Uh, so who knows? I don't know if he's going to be wrestling all three nights or what. But um, I was going to have him be picking Osprey and Abushi because those seem to be his his guys. You know, as far as like Abushi, you know, really kind of needs to get back in this title picture. Osprey, every time they get together, they have match of the year. Yeah, you know? see, you, you were thinking like I Osprey was thinking in it. Uh, I was going to no, go. No, you can call it shot for, right. If he as as Shingo as the champion, you can call anybody you want to. So if now at we, this point we have a couple more weeks before it happens, but Jason, I'm going to kind of piggyback on what Two Beers said. I'm going to go Jeff Cobb on the B side. Me too. But Shingo on the A side. I'm going to go Naito on the A side. <laughs> yeah. See, the fact that you said that I didn't really just kind of bothers me. I like the fact that uh, <laughs> I like the fact that. Two viewers talking about a, a, a possible, you know, history making performance with Shingo. He kind of did it before and he fell short. 
this is where I think you can really make Jeff Cobb, because I'm sorry, Jeff Cobb to me is the focus. Jeff Cobb and Okada are in the same block. Jeff Cobb beats Okada to win the B block and then beats Shingo to win the G1. I got Jeff Cobb. I have Jeff Cobb also. I have him against Naito. I think that uh, New Japan kind of owes Jeff Cobb a little bit because Jeff Cobb has been the MVP during the pandemic. Uh, I also love Zach's prediction, and if Zach gets that exactly right... uh, He's already Mr. New Japan, so I mean, what else do you want? I don't want anything else. I do think that uh, this is going to be a very interesting yeah. G1, even though great I mentioned, Ocon, you know. Uh, uh, wild cards for me, Great Okan so, on the, U, the uh, A block, uh, and then Tomatango on the B block. Real, real well, quick. Not, real, real quick, not even talking about the, the lineup, because I mentioned, you know, it's not as stacked, right, as the last few years. But yeah, I think it's just interesting because of the pandemic. If any of these guys gets COVID, they're going to have to forfeit. Uh, you, you saw it in the Stardom Five Star, right? Like, uh, no, they, they have to forfeit. No, they they kind of moved it back. Like, um, the nine six show is getting ready to come up on full, and it's like ten fucking matches. So, I mean, they just moved everything back and just smashed one, what, smashed two cards into one. What I was gonna say before Zach cut me off Mm-mm. and told me not to <laughs> say it yet Mm-mm. was I was gonna say, <laughs> do we? So with with guys like Jay White and Suzuki not being in this, Will Osprey and Will Osprey. Well, more more Jay White and Suzuki just because they're in America and Japan has tighter COVID restrictions than America because Japan's having. Well, I won't say they're having a harder time with it. They're just uh, they don't get vaccinated ultimately. They, Japan they re- doesn't or U.S. No, Japan is Japan is not vaccinated. Right. They don't have the vaccination rate that we do, and we have not great vaccination rates. So, so because that's happening, I mean, are guys like Jay White and Minoru Suzuki just saying, you know what, I'm not going back there. Moxley, you know what, I'm not going back there. Uh, Daniel Bryan, I'm not going back there. Like because they usually have a couple wild cards in here. Right. Uh, Chase well, they have to sit in the hotel room for two weeks before they could even wrestle, and then they right. would be wrestling for an entire month. So essentially, they'd be gone for almost two months. There's no Lance Archer, so, no. who is a guy that I enjoy, um, and I enjoy quite a few guys. Um, I think we'd have a lot of those guys if not for the pandemic. I think we'd have quite a few. So do we think that New Japan... That the guys are saying, I'm not coming back for that because you have to. Uh, okay, th- this is my question. This is my question. Do you think that New Japan Pro Wrestling is saying to Jay White, stay over in America because it's better for you to have a foothold in America than to come back for our signature event? No, that's not their signature event. Wrestle Kingdom is their signature event. And they're going to do three days. Yeah, but G1's the... It's, it's the G1's Super Bowl. the unique one. Yeah, it's the Super Bowl of tournaments, wrestling tournaments. It, it's the one. Yeah. But if you're going to say signature pay-per-views, that's Wrestle Kingdom. And now it's going to be three days. So if, if we're going to just kind of use these restrictions moving forward, I'd rather you go over to the United States... Get these, you know, Americans 
on your team, mm-hmm. Osprey, you know, JY, you, you sprinkle them, Suzuki, Ishii, uh, Kojima. Get these guys to like you mm-hmm. so then when January 3, 4, and I think 8 comes around, we can boost the pay-per-view. The us. match I'm looking forward to the most is probably the G1 final, which is Yano versus Chase Owens in it's another 28-minute <laughs> I quit match. I, I, I'm looking for like my drink, my one-hitter. <laughs> Give me something because I can't believe you just said this. <laughs> this is banned from ringside. Hey, everybody, we got some birthdays this week. Uh, oh, Brian Pilliam Jr. Brian Pillman Jr. He's alive. 28. Sarah Logan is 28. Definitely alive. Don Morocco. He is DOA, unfortunately. 72. Matt Morgan. You remember Matt Morgan? Where the, the blueprint. Fuck is Matt Morgan. He had the. He had a. He was the blueprint. His finisher was called the Carbon Footprint, which I always liked. Uh, Trevor Murdoch is 41. Paul, alive. Paul Heyman. I can't believe this motherfucker is only 56. Jesus Christ. Road Warrior Animal is 61. Alive. Baron Corbin is 37. Penelope Ford is 29. Alive, alive. And Teddy Holla, 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 <laughs> you ain't shit. We know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to ours. For Murray the Murray Man, Murray for Lucha Chris. Check. Patriot Pat, check. For Tinder Mahal, for Vice, check. Two beers, Zach Bowman. Who? Sideways in Time. Oh, Sideways in Time. Check out Sideways in Time on your Apple Podcast for Two Beers, Zach, for Jason Cornelius Bell. Check. Kanichiwa Bitches. I'm the small package, Bill and Baby. <laughs> and everybody do the heels. Boo! <laughs> small package.